0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Power Up and Game. I'm your host, Michael, and joining me, as always, is my main man, Taylor. Taylor, how's it going, buddy?
1: Michael, two words for you. Wolverine claws.
0: Yes, Wolverine claws. Uh, (laughs) If you
1: don't know what I'm talking about, you obviously have not seen that amazing gameplay. I'm kind of overselling. It's not amazing, but damn good gameplay showcase for Dead Island 2. Because I came in with kind of lower expectations, and I was kind of blown away <laughs> by it, and that's kind of surprising.
0: Yeah, and uh, to be honest, I was I was I, after watching this, the Dead Island Two uh, gameplay reveal trailer. I wish that was at the Sony State of Play instead of um,
1: Suicide Squad of Justice
0: League. Yeah, yeah, it's sad, man, because like. I, I I was like because every time we talk about Dead Island, I was like, oh yeah, I played the original. I was I about
1: the same amount of Dead time Island shown, right? Time.
0: Fifteen minutes, roughly. Yeah, roughly fifteen minutes. And I was and and you know I was always like, yeah, Dead Island was okay. I didn't really care for it, so I'm not really excited for Dead Island Two. But gosh darn it, man, I like that it. It's sad. Not to say it. But I'm I'm so glad that they have a system involved that would that could have easily been microtransactioned or loot boxed or season passed or whatever and it's just in the game their card system uh it was i remember i remember when i told you like the first ed island for me it was kind of fun but it got old kind of quick with like all the weapons breaking and whatnot which they didn't talk about that in this trailer and I, I noticed they didn't really talk about uh weapon breaking and fixing them so i'm kind of hoping they kind of threw that out the window uh but they have a card system here now And they're leading into, it's a video game with zombies in it. So, like, you get these special abilities with these cards. And this game looks simple enough to where I think I could just turn my brain off, play it, and have fun with it for a while just going around slaying zombies. Which is weird, because in the world of video games, you
1: think by now we were sick and tired of zombies. Yeah, I get what you mean. And with the card system, that might be the one thing I didn't enjoy, but I'm going to save that for whenever we get into that topic. But uh, you're ready to get into this show. All
0: right, let's get into it. So this is what's on our dockets. Telltale Games has delayed The Wolf Among Us 2 until 2024. IO Interactive is working on an online fantasy RPG. Dead Island 2 just got a nearly 15-minute gameplay showcase. And in our main topic, with that, we're going to go with Taylor. So Taylor, go ahead and take it away.
1: Don't mind if I do, Michael. And real quick, we want to say that you can find sources For all the topics we're going over today, down in the description of this episode, we do that to give out proper credit, and if any listeners want to read further about the topics we cover. Also, it's important to note that you should always take any unofficial stories we cover with a grain of salt and treat them as unconfirmed rumors slash reports until they're officially said otherwise. And with that out of the way, let's talk about our main topic. For our main topic today, we're going to dive into a topic we've probably talked about before and ask a question we've probably already asked before, but hey, it's probably been a long time since then. That question is, will 2023 be the beginning of the end for the live service games trend? Feels like people ask that question every few years or so, but 2023 has been a tough year for the live service games or games as a service, with many of these Titles being shut down, such as Crossfire X, Knockout City, Rumbleverse, Babylon's Fall, Apex Legends Mobile, Battlefield Mobile, Dragon Quest, The Adventures of Die, Heroes Bonds, Back for Blood, and most notably, Marvel's Avengers. And by the way, that's just a short list of the live service games that got shut down or are shutting down in 2023. The full list is actually longer. In the sports genre, let's talk about Madden. While Madden NFL isn't technically a live service title, some believe, potentially even including this guy, that it's basically a live service game disguised as a full-fledged annual release. Why am I bringing up Madden? As we talked about a few weeks back, Insider Gaming reported that sources told them that the upcoming Madden NFL 24 is a quote, make or break, end quote, year for the franchise. If it fails to meet expectations, the franchise could be seeking massive change in its leadership. Moving forward, we have two very recent stories regarding live service games. The first is Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Rocksteady's first big title since 2015's Batman Arkham Knight. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League takes place five years after the events of Arkham Knight, and it is also a live service title with a battle pass and promises of future content. The game's most recent showcase got a less-than-stellar reception, to say the least, with many lamenting over another live-service game and dreading another Marvel's Avengers situation. And earlier this week, Bungie released the latest expansion for Destiny 2 called Lightfall. Expectations seemed pretty high for this one, and the reception to this expansion is ranging from the story was pretty cheesy and filler to it was pretty meh. Not exactly what you want from a huge content expansion, which I believe is the second the final massive content expansion before the current story ends. Michael, we are at the beginning of March. Everything I just talked about was from this year.
0: Yeah. Um I don't you know, man, I hate to say that this I don't think twenty twenty three will be the beginning of the end in- well, you know what? Yeah. I think that would be fair to say the beginning. Of the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to see a bunch of studios. Uh, another one that you didn't bring up. Uh, Babylon Falls. The Square Enix live service. Well game.
1: I did bring that up. But oh, did you?
0: it oh, was I'm in the short list. Oh, I, I, I think, think it was like the talking? first
1: game I mentioned.
0: <laughs> is, is that forgettable? Well wow, yeah. I, I heard you say everything else.
1: Like, well I want to turn it over to stuff. you. I'll re-ask the question. But I have a few things to note before I do. Obviously the games as a service genre. Isn't dying out completely. That's ridiculous. Games such as Call of Duty Warzone, Fortnite, Rainbow Six Siege, Overwatch 2, Apex Legends, uh, Final Fantasy XIV, and even the game having a Rocky start to its current expansion, Destiny 2, are having unbelievable success for their product. These games also have huge and loyal fan bases. Next, before you say it and call me out, I'm gonna eat some crow here. I did talk up Destiny 2 and Lightfall last week, and it seems that my take did not age too well. I also think Destiny 2 is an outstanding live service game, but I do agree that Lightfall looks disappointing compared to previous expansions like The Witch Queen, which, if you haven't played The Witch Queen, it's fucking amazing. Uh, But Lightfall seems to be pretty subpar compared to that. Uh, So, I'm going to repeat it. Do you think 2023 could be the beginning of the end for the live service games trend?
0: Partially, yes. I think we're going to see a slowdown of it in the AAA realm. Uh, when it comes to smaller studios, the A studios, the indie studios, I think we're still going to see that, especially with uh, Steam and its early access range. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to take advantage of that. In fact, even uh, Xbox does early access now, and I want to say PlayStation does it too. Uh, they allow early access games on their platform, uh, so I think we're going to see a lot of those now. Uh, we're going to see a resurgent of those, rather than just uh, the big studios that release them and say that they're full fledged games. Uh, they're free to play, and we're always going to be working on them. Now we're just going to go back to it's uh, a free to play early access game, or there's a founder pack kind of deal that has extra bits into it. So I don't think it's the end of uh, of this unfortunate trend of life service. I just think it's, uh, it's growing pains right now. It's a learning experience for a lot of AAA studios because as I was telling you earlier before we started recording, uh, you brought up Bungie. Uh, Bungie did well with their live service game. What turned out to be a full-fledged game that got turned into a live service game, uh, Sony snatched them up to learn from them, to have them help uh, push their studios to do more live service-esque games. So I don't think that they're going it's going away i think it's slowing down and studios are learning from it and we're going to see a resurgence of this from the triple studio once uh Bungie and other studios such as uh uh respawn entertainment get so much better at these things that people will not only copy them but study what they've been doing what works but we're definitely going to see a lot of this in the smaller space from companies that can't afford to keep pushing out uh, full-fledged games that has to rely on early access games.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of there with you. I do think this is going to be the beginning of the end for the massive games-as-a-service trend that we've seen for, what, the past 10 years plus. But even, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of games here, and I mentioned this before I turned it over to you, there's a lot of these games-as-a-service that work.
0: Yeah, and well, the issue with live service game is that, one, uh, you and I talked about this a while ago on on the show. Uh, Players' time and money is finite, and you can't have 20 live service games eating up your wallet. That's just, I'm sorry, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, People are going to choose one that they're going to stick with, or probably even two. Uh, like like Destiny 2 because Destiny 2 actually releases expansion packs that you pay for and it's like okay fine I can do that
1: but even then um, look at Lightfall here a lot of the criticism is if you're going to do that by the way a lot of people are criticizing the campaign itself saying the story was not very good it was cheesy the jokes didn't land it was pretty short I believe it was also criticized for I'm sorry if I'm wrong on that front but I know I'm right about a lot of the criticisms of the other stuff but the cheesiness of the story and yeah, yeah, The joke's not landing.
0: Well, the thing is, uh, with these live stores games, the biggest issue is that the expectations set by Fortnite uh, that you would get new stuff all the time is unprecedented. And a lot of these companies, they can't push out um, high-quality skins and rewards and game modes fast enough to keep up with demand. And that's the issue. Players now expect something new. Constantly, all the time. Before we were like, okay, in a few months, hopefully we'll get an expansion pack. uh, Expansion pack. In about a year, hopefully we'll hear something new about new maps and stuff. Now gamers expect something new, what feels like every other week. I want to hear about the new event today, and I have the new event within a month. I want new skins all the time, constantly for these new characters I like. I want new maps, I want new game modes, new weapons, new this, that. Like you have to constantly push out things at such a breakneck speed.
1: Both free and premium, by the way. Yeah, with
0: free and premiums. So, like you have all these pets. like you get a hundred, you get a hundred new items, you you get 50 new items, 80, 80, new items. You constantly have to bring out new stuff. And you could easily burn out your resources doing that. And you could burn out your uh workers doing that. So I don't think that the issue is that the games aren't fun. The issue is that, one, nobody knows what they're doing, like Marvel's Avengers. And two, because you have to constantly come out with new stuff, you have to put your focus onto other things rather than just making a functional game. You have to plan out this map down the road for five years or whatever. And we saw Halo struggle with it. We saw Marvel's Avengers struggle with it uh even ubisoft they're good at annual releases just pushing stuff out and even they had a hard time with their last free-to-play game that i forgot the name of it it was a cyberpunk uh first person battle royale
1: hyperscape
0: hyperscape yeah there you go uh hyperscape didn't last too long because it just the the uh constant updates wasn't there the bouncing issues were a problem and it's because they were constantly trying to fix things and they didn't have time to uh, create new exciting events all the time they came up with two three different events there they tried to push out a comic book a story Uh, they tried to push out interesting characters uh lore and it just came too much for the game like you can't do that with a live service game in a hurry like that kind of stuff takes time and i think that's the problem with a lot of uh, live service games players expect so much for so little Like, I want all these things in a free-to-play game, and that can be resourcefully and even humanely draining.
1: Yeah, I 100% get you. I do think this is going to be the beginning of the end for this live-service trend as a whole when it comes to publishers chasing after it, just because I think it's eating up a lot of money, and I don't think they're seeing the results they would like to see. You mentioned Fortnite earlier, right? Fortnite, I think it got... All these executives who are chasing after these trends and are pushing, like, oh, we got to have this. We got to be the next this. As soon as I saw how much money Fortnite was ranking in, money signs just popped up right where their eyes used to be.
0: Yeah, don't forget, forget. Before Fortnite, the Battle Royale, uh, it was PUBG. That was the big yeah. thing. So everyone wanted everyone Battle Royale. Everyone wanted PUBG.
1: Yeah. And, and all in. the while, though, live service was still a thing destiny was still a thing destiny 2 division division 2 they were still there and you have some other live service games out there as well at this time but i think going forward this is a genre the looter shooter specifically now i'm talking about this is a genre that is really struggling to find its footing and it's been doing that for years and years and i think this is gonna sound really simple like why don't you just do this i know it's far more difficult than that but i think if you develop a great game first and foremost that has a definite end that's the first thing you should be worrying about and then when you're done with that worry about a new beginning and your new beginning is the live service is the open-ended let's get into the loot itself and I know a lot of these games attempt to do that but I don't think it's done in earnest. Does that make sense? Like a lot of these games Marvel's Avengers had a campaign right and that breaks you out right into the looter shooter aspect. The campaign was actually quite good but it felt like the campaign wasn't there to be the only thing in the game. It was there to get you used to the characters so you can go out into the looter aspect. I think in the future for these looter shooters to really succeed and really thrive, I think you got to make the looter shooter aspect feel extra to feel like, Oh man, I'm getting something I didn't think I was getting out of this game. I'm getting something I wasn't supposed to be getting out of this game because I just got a great experience from the game. I just fully played. And I don't think a lot of looter shooters do that.
0: Yeah, that's the problem. Um, Actually, you and I talked about that before, too, uh, where one of my issues was that I don't care about just numbers going up. Uh, You brought up yourself how you would like to see if you got new materials, like instead of just numbers going up, you want to see you want to visually see those. You want to see the outfit change. Uh, You want to see the different styles of the weapon. And so like that's one of the problems with shooters is that you have to make all those aspects feel unique to the players so they feel like they're making actual progress other than just your number's gone up 0.35 and for a lot of the looter shooters that's one of the issues that they have is that uh they don't look as unique like one of the great things about destiny destiny 2 that players love are the weapons uh, the the outfits that the uh what are their characters called again guardians, guardians. yeah um the outfits that the Guardians can equip and wear and use is really cool looking, you know? Um and you know, that's one of the things that makes Disney and Disney 2 so popular is that it's good to look at. Like you look like a unique character. Uh it's not just numbers, it's 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 your boots are changed, your gloves change, your, your cape changes, your gun changes. And a lot of loot shooters, they have that issue to where the weapons and the uh, outfits don't look or feel unique enough. And that will lose the interest of a player really, really fast.
1: Yeah, Marvel's Avengers ran into that issue. Because the whole thing with that is, oh no, we want cosmetics. We want the people to just have the full suit. And also, we want it to be part of the battle pass where you get these suits. And also, we want to be able to put it into our marketplace. So people can use real world money to buy these suits. Yeah. And that is... I think that is one of the main reasons Marvel's Avengers failed because it goes into less of how is this game fun for the player and how does it make the player keep wanting to come back and more how do we line our pockets with money and that when you're going into something and that's the way it is it rarely works and I'm not calling out the developers themselves of something like Marvel's Avengers. I'm more so just talking about the people who approved these ideas and going, hey, you know what? We need to have this premium battle pass and we need to have the marketplace there so that loot can't be cosmetic. It can only be numbers because we need people to buy the loot. you know, Or not the loot. You know what I mean? The gear itself. The outfit, yeah. The outfits. And that's where it fails almost every time for me. Is whenever you're caring more about like, hey, let's make every single cent off the player. And to an extent, as much as I love Destiny 2, Destiny 2 creeps up on that sometimes. To where I feel like I just paid like 30 bucks for this expansion. And all of a sudden a new season pass comes. Or not a new season pass, a new battle pass. And I'm like, okay, did I get that for my purchase earlier? No, I didn't. I felt like I should have. So Uh, I need to pay 10 more bucks. To get this battle pass. I'm just going to wait. So even though I love Destiny 2. It still creeps up on that kind of stuff for me. And I think a lot of these games fail. Because of that reason. I know they're going to make money. Not every game can be like No Man's Sky. And put out free updates. How they do
0: it I don't know. That's crazy
1: now I love that they do that thank you Hello Games please continue doing that but I'm not going to sit here and be like every game is going to do that and that's the way it should be because it's not the way it's going to be it's just not realistically for business but I do think there's some kind of middle ground we haven't reached yet with the genre and hilariously enough I do want this to be known we wrote this outline yesterday Wednesday Wednesday what was it uh march 1st on march 2nd ign put out an article saying a suicides kill the justice league a litmus test for live service games i'm gonna link that by the way because it was a pretty damn good article i was not able to read the full thing i skimmed through it a bit but it was a pretty damn good article going through like could this be the thing that scares publishers away and it's just funny like oh man that's exactly what we were gonna do today <laughs> uh but yeah Double my incoherent up. rambling. You got anything else to say about this story?
0: Um, no, I I as much as I wish that this live service stuff would stop, um, yeah, I'm afraid that it's just gonna slow down. Uh, and I'm afraid that we'll see more established IPs try to uh do the live service like Halo.
1: I think there's a place for games as a service and live service games like a Destiny Two to exist. To whereas not only does it have a huge fan base and people love the gameplay, the gameplay loop of Destiny 2, and this is the only reason I'm, t- or not the only reason, but the main reason I'm talking about Destiny 2 so much is because that's the one I'm most knowledgeable about. That's the it's one I you enjoy love. the most. And yeah. one of the main reasons why is because the gameplay loop is so fucking fun. I love going back <laughs> to it. <laughs>
0: You know that's a, that's that's the great part about live service games. That's I what I was gonna get fun. to
1: is if you can have these loops to where the grind, while it is a grind, but it doesn't necessarily feel like, oh man, I gotta get on Destiny Two today and grind out to get to a, this gear level. Yeah. To whereas every few days or every day you hop on for about an hour, play Destiny Two, get a few strikes, and maybe play some Crucible. That's fun, man, to me. But when you ask the player to spend hours upon hours upon hours to get this one little thing and then you ask, all right, 20 more dollars for content, please. It's hard to ask players to do that because you're 100% right, Michael. These games ask players not only for their time, but for their money. And while they can shell out the money, they're eventually going to run out of time and they're not going to be willing to spend that money on the game anymore. And getting back to the game I just mentioned many times already, Destiny 2, as much as I do love it, I'm kind of a little concerned that maybe Destiny might be going down that path here. And I'm wondering now with Lightfall, and I believe they have one more massive expansion, I think it's Final Shape.
0: They already have plans for another one? Dang.
1: I think it's supposed to be the final expansion for the story that they're telling. Like the Light and Dark Saga.
0: See, I didn't keep up with Destiny, so I didn't know that was a that was a thing they were doing. Because the last time I checked on Destiny uh, was for the uh, Queen expansion. And Which I Queen? Thought it point. Because yeah, because I thought it was it was the continuation of the uh, brother and sister at the end of the base Destiny two story.
1: Yeah. No, so I think it has to do with the Taken King back in Destiny one. Okay. I need to get back into okay. the story of Destiny two. But besides the point, like. The gameplay loop is fun and all that stuff. But I am concerned at this point with them doing one more expansion. I'm like, okay, Bungie, love you guys. At the same time, you're doing a lot. You're making all these changes. When's Destiny 3? What are you going to be doing for next (laughs) Destiny? Because I love that you spent so much time on this game. It feels like you put in the effort and the content into making this a great product. But it feels like a lot of the stuff you could be doing, like maybe your resources and time is better spent on the next project. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, that's one of my problems with like two games I used to like Overwatch and uh, Halo. I, I, I really like those games. And then they just became utter crap. Uh, yeah. Halo Infinite, I, I still cannot get into Like the gameplay is fun. All right. I've always talked about how 343 has still made Halo. Just this top notch shooter and it's awesome, but it it does not feel rewarding, you know? Um Assassination still isn't in the game. And I know for a lot of people that's probably like a small thing to be mad about, but like when they introduced assassinations in Halo, like that shit was great watching Spartans choke slam each other and I don't know, they backstab and whatnot. It was it was it was fun, it was cool. And it just reminds you like these live services, they come at a cost.
1: Yeah. Look at Overwatch, by the way. Overwatch 2 has been criticized so much for being a, I'm kind of paraphrasing here of the criticisms, but a reskin of Overwatch 1. Yes, it looks a lot better, but there's minuscule changes apart from the heroes having some different powers and some balancing things. Yeah, there
0: was some rework done, but that's something you could have done on a 2.0 update. Yeah, That's what this is. And a few
1: heroes being added. Which has been done throughout. Yeah, they were already doing that throughout Overwatch 1. So yeah. that's where, like, when does the live service game need to end? And you kind of, I hate for the lack of a better phrase, cut your losses. And possibly kind of anger your fan base a bit. So you can better have a better product at the end by putting out a better game. An actual fully fledged sequel to Overwatch. Or a fully fledged sequel to Destiny 2. Yeah, we, we
0: can ask uh, Blizzard and, and Xbox that's that question all day long, and you know we'll never get the answer because instead of saying, this doesn't work, they're just going to say, let's try something else. Let's do this instead. Uh, the, one of the great things about Overwatch 1 were the events. They had some pretty cool events from the Junkerstein event for Halloween, uh, to the Winter Games, to Lucio Ball. Like, that kind of stuff was fun. And Overwatch 2, they not only did they reuse those events, which further proves that this was just Overwatch 1 with a 2 slapped on it. Uh, Not only, not only did it prove that, but the newer events that they tried to reintroduce are not that interesting. Like, they had one recently with uh, Hanzo, the bow and arrow sniper, where he was a cu- where he was cupid. And I was like, okay, that's kinda cool. That's kind of creative. I like that. Uh, where the event was just uh four Hanzos against four Hanzos and they brought back his old scatter arrows, and that's it. It's like, oh, but this this isn't a real event. There's nothing really interesting here, there's no story, there's no fun theme. It just feels kinda half assed, to be honest.
1: And their time and effort could be better placed into making the next content and not content as for overwatch or overwatch 2 but an, an actual sequel you know
0: yeah which well, they could have done that Um uh, one of the things that they said was different between this one is that they updated their engine which honestly if you looked at the the updates that they touted about how uh rain looks in their game now you're like yeah people who had this kind of rain back on the xbox 360 ps3 days this isn't very impressive what kind of aging engine do you guys have was it still running on ps2 era code or something because it's really not that impressive to be honest um but with 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 overwatch they have a plan of what they want to do but the execution isn't there and that's one of the problems like there's there's no real solid execution uh with overwatch 2 because now instead of getting a new hero every season it's now every other season Or, yeah, it's every other season that they're going to do a new hero and they're going to do new maps sporadically. So you get a season and you only get like one thing. You get one new map or one new hero. It's like, yeah, that's not why am I still playing this? If you're not going to if you're going to make this a live service game and not constantly give us new things. That's not in the shop that you have to buy with those overpriced coins.
1: It's such a weird relationship with the developers, the game and the fans. Or developers, games, and the players. I hate saying the fans, because some people just play the game and they're not really fans of the game. They're just like, it's something to do. Uh, but, (laughs) uh, But it's such a weird relationship there to where the players are like, more content, more content, more content. The developers are trying to push this content out. They can't really move on to really drastically improving something like an engine overhaul or... These massive content updates. And when that happens, it's usually a huge content drought. Which kind of starts to drain the player base a bit. And then the game starts to suffer for that. It's a weird relationship. And the main question I kept asking you is like, when do you cut bait for it? And you look at games like Rainbow Six Siege, right? Extremely successful. With Overwatch 2. Just came out, that ain't gonna happen. GTA Five. GTA Five still going, it's yeah, wild. I don't.
0: Oh my goodness. I mean, technically, Red Dead Online is going too.
1: Well, nah, Red Dead Two <laughs> is kind of <laughs> dead. Pun intended there. <laughs> uh, but besides the point, it's just wild. Like, when do you cut your losses and be like, "Hey, we gotta take this hit so we can make the game better"? That's something that we talked about with Knockout City. What the developers said in their blog post is, "Hey, structurally, we have to." shut this down so we could build something better in the future Yeah, and I think some of these games it sucks to say but coming from the player perspective I go please do that though because I wouldn't like the better product I would love a Destiny 3 with a completely overhauled engine to be able to do more stuff to have more abilities and to not change the gameplay loop exactly because that's the bread and butter of the game but to really improve it, make it even smoother than it is, because it's awesome, but it could be even better. It could always be improved. And that's why I bring up to you, like, when should you cut bait with it? Is it whenever you get to that Rainbow Six level? The Siege level that they're at now? They're in what, like, year seven, I feel like? Uh, or I think it's like, year eight. Like, Destiny 2? I'm pretty sure it's well past its uh, due by date. <laughs> But when do you cut your losses, you think, if you have a highly successful looter shooter?
0: I think you cut your losses when you have, like, a Babylon Falls to where you have, like, a darn near non-existent player
1: base. I'm saying for a highly successful one, though. Is that when oh, you do Oh, a successful one? Yeah. Uh
0: If you have a successful one, I don't see you wanting to cut your losses. I see you doing more like Destiny 2. Mm-hmm.
1: But see, that's what I'm saying. I'm Sorry to interrupt you, but that still hurts the content overall because you can make these massive content updates but you're still not able to fully make a sequel you're not able to make fundamental changes i
0: know I, I get what you're saying but you know I, I, I take it back to like with overwatch 2 they yeah. thought they made this overhaul just because they updated their engine but it's not for the player base you go back to like it's, it's between the uh developers and the players that was a disconnect right there with uh, Overwatch 2. Because even to this day, even people who love the game, like myself, would still tell you, like, yeah, no, that engine, not really showing what it can do. Uh, they haven't really done anything interesting with it to make you see that, okay, yeah, this is uh, great. Kind of like when Call of Duty went to Modern Warfare 1 for the first time, and we saw the huge leap in how cool uh, Call of Duty can look. Okay, that that was proof that there was a new... Uh, a new engine that they worked their asses off on when it comes to overwatch one and two you don't see it uh with Bungie. with Bungie from Destiny one through two you don't really see a huge difference and when you're in that spec i don't know if i want to go to a three unless like you said we can make it to such a huge leap and bound with our engine to where we can do new stuff like maybe have wider uh spaces for players to fight in and more dynamic uh, level designs, new creatures, more creatures on screen, you know? And when
1: you say massive changes, Destiny 2 is beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's was one a good of the looking best game.
1: looking games out there. And it looks far better than Destiny 1. But I, I know 100% what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, for me, when I went from Destiny 1 and I tried out Destiny 2, I still felt like I was kind of playing Destiny 1, but only because I didn't really get into the meat and potatoes of uh of the game mechanics for Destiny One because yeah. I lost out on that so quick. But
1: for somebody like you who are like
0: really into it or my friend who likes knows the lore and loves the uh weapons and, and it,
1: knows like, how the gear has changed and know how the lore yeah. has changed and know how yeah. like certain places have been unlocked or founded.
0: Yeah, yeah. So for like you guys, you see it. Like you like you guys have a different pair of eyes. You guys can see it. For someone like me who's just kinda into it, it doesn't look different but Overwatch 2 doesn't have that issue.
1: You mean stuff like different kind of movement, potentially, and not so much like Lightfall did with Strand where you now have a grappling hook, which, by the way, <laughs> is fun as hell. I only played with Strand for a little bit because I did not buy the DLC. I got the little free mission though at the beginning that they let you play. Fun as hell, but besides the point, uh it's not i don't mean by like move different kind of movement by just a grappling hook or something i'm saying by like the way your player sprints that type of movement the way your character walks or stuff like new abilities you can have that aren't just like strand like adding a third ability on top of that having a melee weapon all the times stuff that may improve (laughs) that destiny gameplay loop that I don't think yeah. that they could really do right now because they're so focused on okay, we gotta keep everything balanced, we gotta keep people interested, we gotta help with PvE, we gotta help with PvP, we gotta also work on the next Destiny expansion, we got seasonal updates too, we gotta add stuff to the battle pass that's worth people diving into. It's a lot of shit, man. And that's where I go, like after this next DLC, and then maybe that's what Bungie's plans are. I don't fucking know. But maybe after that next DLC, the plans are to be like, "Hey, we're gonna cut our losses here. We finish the story. We're gonna make the next Destiny. We gotta quit development now on Destiny Two because we okay, cannot." Wait, here's,
0: here's, 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 okay, here's the thing, Taylor. You can have a skeleton crew. I, you don't have to cut your losses per se. Yes.
1: Okay, that's very true. You you can have a skeleton crew and keep the like the servers up, and you can have PvP and you can still have PvE, but no new content. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you,
0: you yeah you can have a maintenance team in there. You just have to let your players know, like, hey, after this expansion, we're going to maintenance mode uh, because we're gonna go, we're gonna we're gonna work on the next thing for Destiny, whether it's a big expansion or Destiny three. And that's what I mean by disconnect. Overwatch didn't really do that with us. Uh, with Overwatch, it was just, hey, we're doing
1: Overwatch two. Quite literally, hey, Overwatch one the servers are going down tomorrow. Overwatch two the servers are going up.
0: Yeah, and if they would have told that ahead of time, it'd have been like, Wow, this really sucks. Uh nobody likes this, blah, blah, blah. maybe we can get this change. But they knew players weren't gonna like that. And instead, they just shadow dropped on us like, Oh yeah, by the way, uh, you're gonna need you uh, to give us your cell phone number. You're gonna need Which to, they walk uh, back? Which eventually partially. If you're a new player, you ha- you still have to do it. But if you're uh if you're a quote unquote veteran player like myself, they don't require it anymore. Uh, if, if like a week or so after people made a big stink about it but yeah uh that's one of the things that really made people mad is like we're getting rid of Overwatch 1 the thing you paid for yeah we're just getting rid of it completely and it's now part of 2 which we're going to force you into like that kind of stuff is a disconnect so if you communicate and if you have a skeleton crew have maintenance mode so your players have something to do while you're working on the next big thing and who knows maybe the skeleton team can you know use it as a way to practice to make new DLC. Uh, Bungie did that once upon a time I believe
1: Call of Duty used to do this before they went into this battle pass and seasonal (laughs) model they used to have this hey you know what Modern Warfare 2 came out not talking about Modern Warfare 2 that just released I'm talking about the 2011 one and then we had Black Ops 2 so yeah we kind of we're moving development onto the next Infinity Ward project but players are still playing Modern Warfare 2 because the gameplay experience was fun as hell, and it still had some content to look forward to.
0: Yeah, and um, you know who else did that? That didn't really work out, but did but, but it was a good experiment. Was um, was uh, Mass Effect. Mass Effect. They had they had a uh, a B team that would do uh, the DLC for the game, and I was waiting for them to gain experience and do stuff, and eventually they worked their way up to do Andromeda which was kind of iffy. I, myself, I didn't really care for it, but some people were like this, some people didn't. It was divisive. Um, but, you know, yeah, p- play, people used to do that all the time. Now, all these B and C teams are being forced to work on these live service games, like, uh, like uh, Activision. Activision has all their teams working on nothing but Call of Duty. Like, it, it, like everybody from Toys from Bob, uh, Neversoft, teams that used to do awesome stuff are now forced to only work as a maintenance team and as a C and B team for Call of Duty. So the the, the industry has changed so much, but maybe they can go back to the way it used to be and kind of have those B and C team work on these live service games alongside the main ones, So that with the main crew.
1: I don't think it would ever go back to the way it used to be just because that's not the way things really work, but you can move forward and maybe it being similar to the way it used to be.
0: Yeah, I think that can work for live service. You can have your BNC team do stuff like the next battle pass or work or help work on maintenance while the main team works on balancing and making big events. You know, that, that kind of stuff can work. But, you know, so far we haven't really cracked the code on how that actually how that actually is going to work for uh, for live service games. But to answer your question, I do think that we're going to see less of it in the AAA space but we'll see more of them transition to the early access side of things.
1: Yeah, totally get you. But let's go ahead and move on to our next story. Telltale Games has delayed The Wolf Among Us 2 to 2024 in order to avoid crunch and burnout, along with moving from Unreal Engine 4 to Unreal Engine 5. As always, it sucks to see a an highly anticipated game get delayed, but it does seem that Telltale Games are pretty... Being pretty responsible about it and thinking long-term about their development team and the game they're making. What are your thoughts on this?
0: Man, this is straight-up pain. I was looking forward to Wolf Among Us 2 forever. When uh, Telltale's first kind of shut down, I was super sad that I was never going to get a Wolf Among Us 2. And then when they came back, I was hoping for one. And they finally announced it, and I was super excited. But I understand why. I am always okay with games taking delay to avoid crunch on their employees. I am completely okay with that. It's pain. I was looking forward to it this year. But there's still some cool stuff coming out this year. And now, hey, I got something to look forward to in 2024. So, you know, for a lot of people, they got Wolf Among Us 2. And they got Stranger Things 5. Uh, so, you know, I don't think it's going to be too bad. I don't think it'll be too long of a wait. Uh, I, I feel that if they're pushing it back this early, I think we will get it early, let's say March. I want to say March, April of next year. So I think taking 12 extra months would be good for it. Uh, I'm glad that they decided that they needed to push it back a year rather than just, oh, we have to push back a couple of months or a couple of weeks. Uh, so it also makes me wonder if they got to push back that far were they even truly ready to launch it this year? Like, how much work would actually need to be done? But luckily, it's to avoid crunch. So maybe it's, just, maybe it's just me being paranoid because you and I have seen it before where companies are like, oh, no, we're going to delay to avoid crunch and then doing it anyway because crunch is part of the culture, unfortunately. Uh, so I'm glad they're taking the steps now. To uh, help out their employees to avoid the crunch, but I'm also interested of why the sudden move from Unreal Engine four to five. Like, what benefits are they getting from that? Because Telltale doesn't make the previous games. I'm sorry, they don't. Uh, they make games that are passable and that works with the stories that they're telling. So I'm, I'm wondering, I'm, I'm wondering what why the move from four to five? Because there's still games. Uh, being made in four that looks great that that plays just fine so i'm interested in seeing what that's all about
1: yeah i'm not a big wolf among us fan don't got a whole lot to say here but it is good to see them delay the game and really just some honesty here with like hey look if we put the game out now we're gonna get torn to shreds
0: yeah and the thing is telltale um at least the old telltale wasn't Always very good when it comes to their tech. Their their games are always kind of buggy, and you never knew when the game was going to crash or, or when something wouldn't work correctly at a time when you really needed the game mechanics to work. Uh, one of the things I could remember is uh, the Walking Dead series. There will always be this thing to where, uh, certain actions wouldn't trigger when they're supposed to. So like the game was soft lock. Uh, so I. I don't know. Uh, That's the old Telltales. I don't know about the new one, but uh, hopefully this is their way of just being like, hey, we need some more time because we really don't want to go back to releasing buggy games.
1: Let's go ahead and move on to our next story. EO Interactive has announced that they are developing a new online fantasy RPG. Sounds interesting, right? (sighs) Uh, We've seen studios go down in flames
0: trying to do this. Creating an online RPG is a massive undertaking. Oh my goodness. Um I don't know what IO have done in the past to make them think that this is a good idea and this is something they can pull off. Um but I'm interested in seeing what they can do. Um do you really want to do another online fantasy RPG though? Like there's so many of them already. Like you we, we talked about it before, we talked about it earlier in this podcast. Players have finite time, finite resources. This sounds like a giant waste. Uh, even Amazon, even Amazon didn't really pull it off and they have all kinds of money to do it. And I'm just kind of wondering, why? why? Why go from Hitman to a, to an MMO, basically? I, I, I kind of want to see their take on a fantasy RPG, but I don't think I want it to be an always online fantasy RPG. That's what it's going to be. So I I don't know, Matt Taylor. I'm I'm lost on this one. Like this this is something that came out of nowhere to me. What are your thoughts on it? Because I'm actually I'm actually a bit of a fan of IO Interactive. Of IO Interactive, you know, I like I like I like their Hitman series. Uh, the way they allow players to choose their way to play and how to interact with the world around them and really take your time and be creative with it. So this is just, this is the feel for me. Uh, so what do you think?
1: Like you said, this is the development team that made Hitman and they're moving on to a completely different genre. But I'm very interested to see, Like, are they about to take the Hitman creativity and the different kind of ways that you can do things and put it into an online Fantasy RPG, because that sounds. Because you're right when you say like there's so many fantasy open world RPGs out there, so many of these multiplayer games, whether it's just a straight up multiplayer game or if it is MMO, there's so many of them out there. Like, what's your going to be your thing? Is it going to be the story that you develop? Is it going to be some kind of gameplay mechanic you guys are excited about? Is it going to be, like I was kind of alluding to before, is it going to be the creativity? that you're gonna bring from Hitman and bring it to a new genre because that sounds cool to me. But uh I'm I'm very like intrigued by it. Like we have no information to go off of. So I'm kinda of just like theorizing in my head like what could a game from EO Interactive look like? And that's the closest thing I can think of. Just like, oh man, kinda like this Hitman ingenuity with multiplayer with playing with your friends, like what does that look like in a fantasy setting? And I see potential in that, you know. But that might not even be what they're going for. It might just be something completely different. I'm far more open to it than I think you are. But I think that's also because we don't know exactly what it is yet. And I don't want to just shut the door on it.
0: Well, yeah, because when you look at IO Interactive, you don't really think online fantasy RPG.
1: Which isn't an end-all, be-all, by the way.
0: Yeah, no, it's not. It's just, like like you said, this is a completely different genre than what we're used to seeing them. And so, like, like you're unsure. Maybe
1: it's a better genre for them. Maybe in a few years, whenever this game either gets announced or maybe even released, who knows? Depends on the development cycle of this game.
0: You think IO wanted to work on a Final Fantasy game while they were on <laughs> That's what uh, it is.
1: <laughs> They've been wanting to do this for yeah. years. <laughs> we finally get the chance. But no, maybe this is actually... I can't believe I'm saying this is blasphemy. This might age fucking horribly. I'm sorry if it does. Maybe it's better than Hitman down the road. We don't fucking know, man. That's what I'm saying. This might be more along IO Interactive's alley than the Hitman franchise, which is freaking perfect for them. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see.
0: I guess the only crazy thing they could have done is like maybe create a sports title. That would have been really weird.
1: Look... Take it this way, this isn't, an, this isn't a massive genre shift, but it's enough of a genre shift that I think this analogy kind of makes sense. You go from Nathan Drake and Naughty Dog, right? This epic Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, Tomb Raider kind of adventure, to let's make a very dark and depressing zombie game called The Last of Us. <laughs> and guess what some kind of find to be the better game? The Last of Us, yeah,
0: or like we saw with, uh, or like we saw with Tingle Works, where you go from deep, disturbing horror games, Hi-fi to five yeah. color, Hi-Fi rush. <laughs> it it can
1: uh, work out in strange ways that people don't expect, and I do understand there's a lot of Naughty Dog isms in both the Uncharted franchise and The Last of Us, but
0: well, I mean, hey, yeah, that, and you have to look at Resistance. You know, people went from like Ratchet and Clank to like Ratchet and Clank and Jack and Dexter to the last of us and resistance fall of man it's like (laughs) wait what like okay
1: yeah something like io interactive is doing something unprecedented here so they had the potential to pull this off i trust them to pull it off but let's talk about our final story today and my favorite story today dead island 2 Developer Damn Buster Studios and publisher Deep Silver have released a nearly 15 minute showcase for the long dead, then revived, then delayed again, but highly anticipated all the same zombie title, Dead Island 2. You jumped off the bandwagon for Dead Island 2 a few months ago, I want to say. At least a month ago. But here's my question to you, man. Have you given it some second thoughts? Because I'll tell you what, that was a damn good showing.
0: Matt, as we alluded earlier in the show, uh, yeah, we kind of got caught off by surprise.
1: Pre-show, Michael was like, ah, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I might skim through it. You'll probably have more to say than (laughs) me. You seem very put off by, like, having to see more of Dead Island 2. And then, quietly, we both just watched this for 15 straight minutes of near total silence, except for me butting back in to tell you, Michael, Michael wolverine Wolverine claws wolverine i just had to tell somebody
0: yeah yeah um i cannot even begin to tell you just how shocked i was by this because yeah um i played dead island one you know i have riptide i still have both those games sitting in a box somewhere And they weren't really the games that I was super excited for. It was like, okay, it's fun for a little while, but it's so monotonous. And it got so boring so fast for me that I stopped caring. But this one, oh my goodness, this one looks like it's a lot more laser focused. Um, It looks like it has a bit more to do. Like, yeah, you're still doing fetch quests and stuff. But uh, they made it to where it looks like a heck of a lot more fun. To where it's not just firearms and baseball bats, where you have a katana that can turn things on fire, where you can use some of your gear to uh, get through the level. Like, where there's a fire, you can use one of, your, uh, one of the items that you have to take out the fire and get to other areas.
1: Does it seem like they took a lot of the stuff that really worked for Dying Light and put it into this kind of game? I know a different developer, but it does seem like they took a lot of stuff that does work for Dying Light. Except for, of course, the parkour, which is like the main thing of Dying Light. See, you don't care for the parkour. I fucking love it. I I I, I did it. But besides yeah. the point, does it First seem like they platforms. did that for Dead Island too?
0: Uh, uh, I think I I think they definitely used a lot of stuff that they learned
1: from it. Again, different uh, development. Good thing. Still had to throw it out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Like you could tell they learned uh, from that. And that's the kind of thing. Like you can study from other games. And like maybe that's one of the things that they saw that helped bring back uh Dead Island in the first place. Like maybe Dead Island two is more of Dead Island one and someone's like, Yeah, this doesn't work and somebody really liked Dying Light. And was like, Whoa, we can do this. Like we, we can we can we can make a cool uh zombie game, only we can do it our way. And I think that's how uh they got it to kind of seem that way. So maybe maybe uh maybe there's a little bit of dying light in there, you know, just for you, only without the parkour. <laughs> Which thank goodness. I don't I don't I don't want that, please no. Um, but I do like the drop kick. The drop kick is fun. The drop really. kick just that's one of the
1: main things. That I was like, oh man, that seems directly from Dying Light.
0: <laughs> the dropkick I was like, yes. I, the, I don't know. Dropkicking zombies never got boring. That that that's the one thing I would love doing the whole game. Just running around drop kicking zombies. And while I'm not hundred percent sure, it kinda seemed like maybe they're limiting or at least took out the whole uh, weapons break nonsense.
1: Weapon durability.
0: Yeah, the game, the, the the 15 minutes of gameplay didn't bring it up. They never mentioned it. That's why I say maybe.
1: Look, I don't mind if weapons break. I mind if you can't fix them. Yeah. Like Breath of the Wild. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I love Breath of the Wild. What's it's your one of the best games ever made. However, I despise the weapon system in that game. Because you could be using a great weapon. You're loving it. It's got a good level. But you're not wanting to use it because you don't want it to break on you. So you're basically saving it for (laughs) some kind of special occasion that you don't really know why you're saving it. Because a lot of situations are special occasions. But you're like, oh no, the next boss I need to save it for. No, the next boss, next encounter I have, So you find yourself not using the cool weapons because you're too scared they'll break on you, which would be fine if I could just go into the inventory and then go repair or I can go into an inventory and go craft this weapon. But I can't do that in Breath of the Wild. So going into like Dead Island 2, if Dead Island 2 still has weapon durability, please, please tell me you can just repair it. Yeah, I just don't want it at all. No, I'm right there with you. I'm just saying, at the bare minimum, please just make it to where you can <laughs> repair the weapon. Like, like if you, like if you have, yeah, to if have you have it, to have it. If you feel like the system would break if you did not have weapon durability in your game,
0: yeah, uh, I do like that. The game seems to be focused. You know, they're focusing on fun this time around. Like, there seems to be this huge focus on the weapons. It's like, oh yeah, you have. Uh, a katana that can be fire or electric your guns can shoot electricity you know we're playing with elements now It's gone back to being a video game uh to where like yeah we're not doing that whole thing like dying light like, where everything is serious and you're doing parkour and stuff like no it's a video game everything's gonna get silly you can drop kick a zombie you can set them on fire you can tear their head off with a hammer uh you can take the whole head off with a sledgehammer and I do like the new flesh system uh, that's uh, uh damage-based to where, where you hit them. is, That's the piece that falls off in, like, different ways, depending on what weapon you're using. Like, if you're using a hammer, you just see a chunk of the skull fly off with a sledgehammer. You can, like, take away a whole jawline and stuff. Like, that stuff looks really cool. I'm like, okay, you're focused on making this fun to where I want to try out different weapons to see how they destroy zombies. Cool. I'm into that. But the one thing that really got me was the uh what what did they what did they call it? Their rush mode, horror mode, uh oh, what was it called? Fury mode. Uh the fury mode where you where they used the gameplay mechanic. I mean where they use the storyline of you've been affected but you're immune and use it as a gameplay mechanic to where you can wow, temporarily. I
1: wonder come. where they got that from. You hush.
0: I'm glad that they used
1: it. <laughs> I couldn't have possibly got it from another zombie game that came out very recently.
0: <laughs> At least it's fun. That's what I want. I want a fun zombie game. Anyway, I like the idea that you can become as powerful as one of the special infected, and you know, go on a rampage. I think that really that can really break up the monotony that was in the first game. And now you can go, Mister. Oh, jeez, I wish I could jump building to building while I drop kicking
1: zombies. Look, Dying Light is a good franchise. Dying Light 1 is fantastic. Dying Light 2 is better than Dying Light 1 in almost every way, except for one very, very crucial aspect. And that's a story. Because the story in Dying Light 2 is just flat out awful. And you know what? I'll add something else. Two... Th- very crucial thing. Story and characters. The characters also in Dying Line 2 are god awful. You're supposed to pick sides and be like, okay, who needs to get this district? Who should get access to this? Whose side am I gonna be on? And you don't care for anybody in the game because the story's lame. Right. So, yeah, Dying Light 2 though, parkour fun, the gameplay fun, and really going to Dead Island 2 here. I'm going to make that mistake and call Dead Island 2 Dying Light 2. I already know it. But Dead Island 2, it reminds me a bit of Dying Light. It reminds me a bit of what I loved about Dead Island, but all of it has been improved. This game seems fun as hell, man. It seems smooth. I saw some repeated animations. That's completely fine. Just give me different kind of gameplay experiences I can have. And I saw that throughout the entire 15 minutes. You saw playing with a sledgehammer, how that's so much different than playing with a katana. There's guns in the game. There's no guns, by the way, in Dying Light 2, which I think was a mistake. Wait, what? Because I wanted it to be more like melee focused and a little more medieval, I would say. Huh. So I think it's great to have guns back in Dead Island. They'll be like, okay, so that's another thing that's different from the game that recently released that's similar to it. So that's great. I think the characters seem... There's a version of this that may end up being cheesy and horrible. Don't get me wrong. But based on what we've seen so far, the characters are actually pretty fun in a zany way. Maybe the final product is different. Maybe we're just seeing the good parts, the good zany parts. And that's the thing I kept thinking the entire fifteen minutes. Wow, this seems fun. You're using Wolverine claws at a certain point during the gameplay demo. It's fucking awesome, man. The that was your the locale game. of this game too. The setting that's gonna be such a crucial aspect too. To be set in Hollywood. Oh man, there's so much to do there, and there's so much fun to be had in that kind of setting. It's I'm so excited for this game. It looks great. I didn't expect it to. I expected this to be meh. <laughs> I,
0: think, I think from now on, you and I should just be meh about every game we see from now on. So we can be surprised and think, oh, wow, it's actually really good.
1: I wanted to see what the multiplayer looked like with this. That's what I'm kind of disappointed by. I'm disappointed we didn't get more. Yeah, they didn't show the co-op. Okay, this is the one thing I didn't like. I did not care for the card system. And the main reason why is I know it's, it seems like that's there instead of a skill tree. Which I get. Mm-hmm. However, there's another zombie game that tried out a card system that I couldn't help shake the feeling of. It's Back for Blood. It's a game that, you know, we talked about earlier that died.
0: Ah! Why'd you have to remind me of that? Man, because I was so excited about it. Because they allow you to
1: mix and match cards to change up the gameplay, which I thought was going to keep the game fresh. I think the key with the card system is having the players get engrossed into that. Well, not... Making it feel like a chore. And back for blood, the card system felt like a fucking chore, especially for yeah. a game that everybody was like, "Oh my god, this is Turtle Rock Studios. This is next Left 4 Dead. Let's get into this arcade feeling." You know what's so great about Left 4 Dead? I can literally just pick it up and play it. You know, I had some back <laughs> for blood. I gotta set my cards and my build up. So yeah, yeah I can see why that didn't really work out too well. So, I'm hoping that Dead Island 2, they're doing this card system, that it's done better. Yeah. Let's talk about what we're working on and where can people find us. Michael, what have you been working on and where can people find you?
0: I have been working on a couple of things at Bagel Games uh, mostly emails, a couple of reviews, uh, water to news stories. Uh, but you can find me on twitter at m underscore underscore j-r you find a winner on the fox hoodie congratulations you're in the right place you can also find me on twitch at twitch.tv slash fox daddy that's f zero x d-a-d-d-y
1: let's go ahead and get out of here michael i want to thank you for joining me i want to thank anyone for listening in if you enjoyed this podcast You can join our Discord. The link is in the description of this episode. Consider leaving us a rating. It would be tremendous if it was a positive rating. But we'll be back next week with more gaming news.